The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. All right, everybody. Welcome in to the Sons of Saturday podcast by Hokies for Hokies. Uh, if this is your first time listening, happy to have you. If you're a veteran and you always have us cranked up in your AirPods, welcome back. Uh, we got a great show for you guys today. Coach Brent Pry is joining the Sons of Saturday. Now, before we jump into the interview, just have a couple quick announcements that we want to make. First of all, uh, just a, a quick round of. Uh, of what we're all doing. I know we got Billy Ray up there in Portsmouth, Rhode Island, soaking in the sun out in Newport. We got Grayson Wimbish out there in Los Angeles, hanging out, enjoying the cool breeze of the Pacific. I'm Pat Finn, and uh, I'm currently recording this from the Jersey Shore out in Normandy Beach, but uh, I'll be back down in Charlotte, North Carolina with all the Carolina Hokies uh, on Monday. Uh, we're really excited uh, for this interview. Thanks to Coach Pry for coming on. And we want to let you guys know about what we have coming over the next few weeks leading into football season. We'll be doing game previews every single week. We'll be doing game recaps every single week and tons and tons of special guests as well. Um, just don't want to give don't want to give away too much information here, but uh, we'll see Mike Young come back on the podcast next month. We got Mike McDaniel coming on for a season preview. We're doing a recruiting update with Matei Sis from 24-7. We got Rock Carmichael and Kevin Jones and Brendan Hill uh, joining the show as well. Go listen to our interview with Dax Hollifield from Friday. Go listen to our interview with Whit Babcock from uh, a few weeks back. That was a ton of fun. Um, and then, I mean, I know we got a lot of uh, a lot of talent stock in the shelves of August. So that's going to be a lot of fun here. And then I want to drop some information about some upcoming events here that we have going on in town in Blacksburg and some game watching events outside of Blacksburg. We'll start it off in Charleston, South Carolina, Friday night, September 2nd, Tech plays Old Dominion, and we are going to be doing a game watching event at the Brick in Charleston. Now, if you're familiar with Charleston, South Carolina, you're familiar with King Street, and all the fun that goes down there. The brick is right off of King Street. It's owned by a Hokie, former Hokie bird. And I'm pretty sure Matt down there was a former Tots bartender as well. They serve rails on game day. They spin the wheel on game day. It's a ton of fun. If you're going to be in Charleston, if you're going to be in South Carolina uh, on that weekend, Labor Day weekend, come down and see us. We're going to be celebrating Bryce Chalkley's 30th birthday in Charleston and watching the Hokies kick off the season uh, from Norfolk, Virginia at ODU. Uh, a couple other save the date, sons of save the date, Boston College weekend, our first ever home game with Brent Pry at the helm. Friday night, we're going to be doing a live podcast, live show from McLean's in Blacksburg. So stay tuned for updates there. We're going to have some guests. Uh, if you want to sponsor the event, please hit us up. We had spring jam in the spring with the football uh, football alums. It was absolutely fantastic and a hit. And we want to see all you guys there at the live podcast on Friday, uh, September 9th. 
against uh, right before Boston College. And then we're going to be doing a tailgate the next day uh, in lot two on Saturday, September 10th for that Boston College game. So put that in your calendar. And then the last event that we want to talk about here is the Miami game weekend homecoming Friday, the 14th of October. We will be doing a fall jam. We're calling it the fall jam or fall fest. We're kind of floating out ideas, but we're going to have a band at McLean's. That's uh, that's all the information we can give you right now. But if you want to sponsor either of these events, you want to come rock out with the Sons of Saturday with that band on Friday, October 14th, right before Miami. That's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, but those are all my updates, except one more. Guys, I got a personal plug. I got to do this because I'm really excited about it. Uh, my brother and I are running the Chicago Marathon this fall on October 9th. We are teaming up with the V Foundation. If you're familiar with uh, the Jimmy V Foundation, don't give up. Don't ever give up. Um, trying to knock out cancer uh, across the world. And uh, we have teamed up with the V Foundation. We're raising $4,000 as a team. We'll put the uh, we'll put the link to donate uh, out on social media here. But um, my brother and I are really excited to run our first marathon together in Chicago. If you're interested in donating, would absolutely love it. Or even if you could just share out the link, uh, that would be great as well. No Hokie Nation uh, would love to help support. Bill, I'm going to pass it back over to you and we'll get this thing started. Yeah. Again, appreciate everybody jumping on. We're really excited about it. Pat ran through some of the awesome guests. I want to highlight that uh, the newsletter will be picking back up in August. If you want to check that out or check out some of the awesome articles that will be coming out, whether it be interviews, uh, statistical breakdowns, schematical breakdowns, all sorts of awesome stuff happening from our writing team over at sonsofsaturday.com. Scroll all the way to the bottom if you would like to receive the newsletter, throw your email in there. We will be in your inbox, but not too much because that's annoying. Nobody wants 100,000 emails. We're just going to send you one a week, maybe two, maybe two emails a week. Um, Grayson, why don't you go ahead and talk about it, about our friends over at Main Street Pharmacy? Absolutely. For those of y'all who do not know, the Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Main Street Pharmacy. Go down there, see our guy, Dr. Lord Jeremy Counts. He has all of your pharmaceutical needs, will fill any prescription. If you got that broken foot, he's got the crutches. If you need a little pickup to study, he's got the, uh, the monster energy cold in the fridge. And if you're just bored and want to play some Miss Pac-Man, he's got that too. He's got a few arcade games down there. And then on game day for your Sons of Saturday game day pin needs, they're going to be down there too. So shout out to Jeremy Counts, shout out Main Street Pharmacy, premier sponsor of the Sunday Saturday podcast. Last thing, Pat, I know you have a hokey haiku for those of you unfamiliar, hokey haiku. That's a fun little rhyme. Um, so we do a haiku for every podcast. So Pat, I know you have a submission from one for our hokey haiku. Hokey haiku is not a rhyme, um, but this is a, a haiku poem. <laughs> Submitted by none other than Grady Baker. Shout out to Grady B and Steve Upton with uh, submissions for this podcast. Connected with past, blending the old with the new, prime time for Hokies. It's 575. That's a haiku. And with that, we're going to kick it off over to the 555 and Coach Brent Pry. Let's go.
All right, everybody. It is Thursday, July 28th. We are almost to August. We can smell it in the air. And we got a special, special guest here on the Sons of Saturday this morning. Coach Brent Pry, named Virginia Tech head coach back in November after serving the past eight seasons as D.C. and linebackers coach at Penn State. A 30-year coaching veteran, Coach Pry has coached teams that have qualified for 15 bowl games and have finished in the FBS Top 25 in total defense eight times. Coach Pry was a 2021 Royals Award nominee for the top assistant coach in the country as Penn State ranked fourth nationally in red zone defense, seventh in scoring defense, eighth in defensive pass efficiency, and held their opponents to 4.7 yards per play in 2021. Coach Pry returns to Blacksburg. Coming back home after working as a defensive graduate assistant for the Hokies from 95 to 97 under coach Frank Beamer and Bud Foster. Coach Pry, welcome home. And for the very first time, welcome to the Sons of Saturday. Yeah, appreciate you guys, man. Billy, Grayson, Pat, awesome. I'm sorry it's taken this long to jump on board, but uh, hear good things (laughs) about you guys. Appreciate what you're doing, uh, talking that good Hokie talk out there. So. I'm happy to be on. Coach, last week we had Whit Babcock on and we asked him what separated you from the rest and ultimately led you to getting the keys to the Virginia Tech football program. What about Whit Babcock, the current administration and this job made you want to take on this challenge and made you feel like you can succeed here in Blacksburg? Yeah, that's a great question. And I want to come back, come back to Whit uh, first because Whit's been outstanding. Um, but, you know, a longtime friend in John Berlin, uh, who's done a lot of good work around Virginia Tech athletics, Virginia Tech football, a lot of trust and, and loyalty with John. And uh, he had nothing but, but positive things to say about the situation and about wit, uh, which was very important to me. You know, you don't leave the job you have as a defensive coordinator at Penn State with a head coach that's like a brother to you. Uh, you don't do that for just any job. And so it was important to me that that it was the right right opportunity, that it was the right time, and that I was the right fit for Virginia Tech. And uh, just spending a few minutes with Witt, you know, right out the gate, uh, he and John, and uh, just their vision for the direction that this thing needed to go, what was missing, what they, you know, their vision for what needed to happen where we can be better, where we need to be better from a staffing standpoint, a resource standpoint, organizational standpoint, all those things from a fit standpoint. Now, it was important to me that what they thought Virginia Tech football needed uh, aligned with what I thought. You know, obviously, I stayed uh, closely watching this program over the years and, uh, you know, for a lot of reasons. And, what what I thought that uh, some things that would need to happen to kind of flip the script on this thing, yeah, I was happy to see, and it, it it kind of kept the the possibility of this working out going when uh, you know their needs and wants for Virginia Tech football aligned with mine. Coach, uh, all three of us were in town for spring game, which was a tremendous weekend of community building, tailgating. And football. And upon running the 3.2 for 32 that morning, I was beyond impressed to run through the tunnel, touch the Hokie Stone, and then see the entire football team out there on Worsham Field giving out high fives. And 
when I finished the run right in front of Burris, I saw Dax and a handful of other players up there doing the same thing. And I went over and started talking to Dax and asked him about spring football. And he was like, yeah, man, it's great. And he's so great. He's been doing a great job. And I'm just like, who's he? And then Dax points over my shoulder and you're standing there giving out high fives as well. Um, What was the general feedback from football's participation in the 3.2 for 32? And why was that important to you? Yeah, so first of all, you know, I struggled um, when I learned that the spring game was on the, the anniversary. And, um, you know, so we said that the way we're going to attack this is we're going to do everything we can to help memorialize and remember. And so we just kind of brainstormed sitting in the staff room. What can we do? What are the things that, that you know, that align and, and will help make this day the day it needs to be? So uh, the remembrance run. What an awesome event. I mean, it touched my heart to see all these runners out there from 10 years old to 75. I did see you walk across the finish line, though, Pat. I saw that. Um, But, you know, it was impressive. You got college students out there that were probably out till three in the morning the night before. And they're like, Coach, the only reason I run this is to help remember. You know, it's part of the fabric of our university. And uh, I was glad to have our players. They wanted to be in that stadium, um, in their jerseys, supporting the run. And, you know, they had to go scrimmage that afternoon. So, you know, it was it was big. And to have our some of our leaders and myself at the finish line supporting the runners, it, it's, you know, it, that's how we're going to do things. You know, we're all in this together. And uh, to, to help remember and to have the football team be part of it, uh, that was also important to me. Coach, your staff has a ton of young talent on it, uh, one of which being defensive coordinator Chris Marv, a uh, first-time Power 5 defensive coordinator. As a defensive guy yourself, do you see yourself having a hand in the play calling, the scheme, or the tech defense at large? How do you manage? How do you plan to manage that? Yeah, first of all, I've got tremendous uh, excitement and confidence in Chris Marv. He was a, a captain, a leader for us at Vanderbilt. He was our middle linebacker. One of the more impressive guys uh, that I've coached in my 32-year career. And he uh, he's had good experiences at Vanderbilt, at Mississippi State, at Florida State. He's been around good coaches. He's familiar with the scheme that I want to run, uh, that we've been running at Penn State. And, um, you know, he spent time, he visited with us and uh, played in the scheme. So he's, he's an asset to the program. Um, it wouldn't make sense to me if I wasn't heavily involved on that side of the football. Uh, it's one of the reasons that I'm, that I'm here in this chair is, is the success we had defensively over the years. So I think that, uh, you know, I'm going to call the defense this fall. Uh, at least uh, that's the plan right now. I've uh, been very involved with Chris. You know, if if I'm in the room, you know, I'm going to run the room. If I'm not in the room, he's going to run the room. And we've we've kind of been uh, got a pretty good system going. And, uh, you know, I do ultimately want to pass that baton to Chris completely. I'm excited to do that when the time is right. But uh, where we stand currently, I'll be uh, I'll be calling defense on Saturdays from the sideline. And then, uh, you know, Chris will be. Chris will be the right-hand guy ready to go when I'm not doing it. 
Coach, we've seen that you've added a handful of different types of personnel to your support staff over the past uh, you know, nine or so months, including roles like chief of staff with Michael Hazel and a handful of other roles. And it's really going to be great to see more folks wearing maroon on the West sideline this year. What are some additional things that you saw in your time at Penn State that you know that Virginia Tech needs but doesn't necessarily have yet? Yeah, you know, we're first of all, I want to thank Wit and the administration. We've been able to really grow the staff in the right direction. Um, you know, it does take an army these days to develop, to support 120 17 to 22 year old uh, student athletes and, um, you know, get them. It's a 365. I mean, we had 110 guys here all summer. You know, it used to be you'd have 40, 50 guys in the summertime. And, you know, you got guys that enroll at midterm. You got guys that come and, and start throughout the summer. And, you know, but the development, the support, the resources for these guys is critical. And you've got to have the manpower to do it. And we certainly over the last 12 years under James grew our staff every year, you know, whether it was in, in player engagement and development, whether it was in recruiting whether it was in analytics, uh, the more manpower to a degree, the better uh, if they're the right people and they have a defined role. So, you know, we've, we've helped ourselves tremendously, you know, exercise science is a field that's growing and growing, becoming more and more important. The data that we get from Brian Jackson, who's our director of exercise science is going to help us keep our team healthy, keep us fresh, um, you know, best prepared. He works very closely with, with Coach Galt and the strength and conditioning staff, with Carly and nutrition. They're kind of a, a three-headed monster down there, uh, looking out for the best interest of our team. But, uh, you know, we've got some other areas that we'll look to, uh, to explore. You know, when we come out of the fall, some areas that uh, where maybe a department doesn't have quite the manpower it needs yet. You know, and, and also when you talk about science and technology, making sure that we have the best that's available out there to outfit our coaches and our players. So, but right now we're in a pretty good place and, uh, you know, we're, we're ready to dive into this thing with, with the, uh, the tremendous group of, of people that we've got on board. And uh, I think each year you gotta, you gotta evaluate, you know, where you have some shortcomings and what your needs are. So, Coach, one thing the program has struggled with recently is playing well against lower-profile opponents. We've seen losses to teams like Old Dominion, Liberty, Duke, Georgia Tech, Syracuse, and even like 10 to 12 years ago, James Madison University and ECU. And that dates all the way back to the Coach Beamer era. What will you do to cultivate a culture that ensures the team will get up and perform at their highest level week in and week out, especially with a few of those games on the schedule this year? You know, I don't know the situation in the past, what the preparation looked like, but I know for us, I mean, we've had some battles over the years. It's it's always a Super Bowl for a lower profile team. But, you know, on any given day, most teams are good enough to beat somebody. They play their A game, you play your C or D game, and it can happen. And, um, you know, but I know this, we'll approach each and every week throughout the season exactly the same. It doesn't matter if it's an 11-0 opponent out of the ACC or it's a uh, FCS opponent that's one in 10. I mean, I just don't believe if you're a mature football team, 
You're going to approach every Sunday, every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, every Friday the same. And then Saturday will take care of itself. So our, our outlook is, is obviously one week at a time. And uh, every opponent's the same. Every week's the Super Bowl. Uh, we don't have countdown clocks for UVA or anything like that. Uh, this is this is a you know level playing field. When we look at those opponents, they're all scary enough and good enough to beat us. Coach uh, Buzz Williams, uh, the former basketball coach at Virginia Tech, conducted a masterclass in building up the Virginia Tech basketball program, which Coach Young has then broken the glass ceiling again and taken to heights that nobody probably saw possible. Uh, but a big buzz word for Buzz Williams was an OKG, which is an R kind of guy. Uh, and I heard you on the Teal and Barber podcast talking about the importance of getting good talent and also good talent that wants to be in Blacksburg. What are some of those qualities you look for in the young men that you are recruiting to come to tech? And what are some of the guys on the roster right now that are the OKGs um, that we're talking about? Yeah, you know, that is important to me. It was important in hiring a staff that you hire people that identify with Virginia Tech. You recruit young men and families that identify with what's special about Virginia Tech. Genuine approach to the game of football. Folks that care about their degree, that school's important to. It doesn't mean that they're 3.8 students. School just has to be important to them. People that want to be relational, people that are approachable, that want to grind and work, but also believe in the fun and the fellowship that's so awesome about this game. Um, I think that this is a special place, but it's not for everybody. You know, and our task, my task when I hired a staff was talent, talented people. They're going to care about our football players, but also fit in with this community, with this campus and with our footprint. Um, I think everybody knows. I mean, this is, you know, when you go in Lane Stadium, it's blue jeans and sweatshirts, man, and they're out of their seat and they're pumping their fists, you know. You know they're, they're not out there in, in jackets and dresses and, you know, that, that, that's not the way we roll in Lane Stadium. And uh, and that's not for everybody. Some people like it the other way, you know. And But uh, so, you know, the work ethic, uh, kind of a genuine blue collar. I don't mean to sound rugged, but, you know, we, we kind of got to cut through the crap, right? I'm not about playing games and neither is Virginia Tech. This this thing is you got to be real about this. You got to be transparent. Can't be afraid of hard conversations. I mean, that's, you know, I'm going to be transparent whether we win or lose. You know, it's, I'm going to tell it like I see it. And um, that's kind of how we do things. We're going to do a great job of hiring staff and recruiting players that love Virginia Tech and want to be here, man. That's what makes it work. You got to love to come to work every day. I mean, this isn't a job for me. Are you kidding me? You know, I'm blessed and fortunate every day to walk through the door, sit at Coach Beamer's desk. So, you know, that's the kind of that's the kind of place this is. This kind of people that that this place deserves. And I think that's what works in Virginia at Virginia Tech and in Blacksburg. So, Coach, the final segment of today's uh, of today's podcast is going to be letters from the lunch pail. These are Listener submitted questions that we've gotten through Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. The first one comes from Karsten Wolf. He asks, what was the biggest change you noticed with Virginia Tech from your time as a graduate assistant in the 1990s to now? Oh, the growth. You know, we were just getting that thing going. When I left here in 97, you know, of course, we'd been to a Sugar Bowl, an Orange Bowl, and got uh, beat up pretty good 
in a gator bowl, but uh, this thing was just really starting to take off. And uh, the growth at the university, the growth in the community. I mean, when I was here, that bypass between Blacksburg and Christiansburg, I mean, it was like you felt like you was driving for miles and there wasn't anything. And, you know, now the, the communities are almost one um, and the school, you know, the enrollment. Um, so and I, I think the expectations. Right. I know there's been a couple of lean years, but I think the expectations nowadays, um, you know, you expect Virginia Tech to be in the in the talk for for championships. At least I do. And uh, that's what I want for our players. I don't think anybody on our roster came to Virginia Tech not thinking they wouldn't compete for a championship. And, um, you know, that certainly initially wasn't the case, you know, when I first arrived here. So, you know, credit to Coach Beamer and the staff. I mean, it's awesome what he was able to accomplish, what he was able to build here in Blacksburg. And we can only hope to, you know, to, to, to build on that. You know, I talk about flipping the script and getting this thing back where it belongs. But, you know, I want to do big things here. We want to do big things. We want to make Coach Beamer and, and the Hokie faithful proud. And, you know, to me, that's, you know, the ceiling's the limit and we got to keep busting it. This one comes, it's a uh, combo of Patrick Lawrence and Ed Williams. What is your relationship with some of the coaches around Merriman? You know, guys like Mike Young, Coach Roby, Coach Brooks. How have they welcomed you, and has anyone shared any particular advice that has stuck with you so far? No, obviously, I, I think I've gotten the closest to Coach Young and his wife, uh, Margaret. We've uh, gotten to know them pretty well. We, we just lived down the road from one another and been out to dinner and been to a lot of events with one another. But, uh, you know, that's what I love about Virginia Tech Athletics. We're all kind of one big family, um, you know, from – from baseball to wrestling to, you know, we're all kind of in this thing together. And, you know, this building being in here together for the most part and interacting on a daily basis with other coaches and other athletes. I've been places. It's not like that. You know, the football building's on lockdown and, you know, you got to have a, a hall pass to get in. So it's, um, it's refreshing. And I love that uh, our department's, you know, one big family and we all feel like, I think, I know, I hope they feel like that about me, that they can, they can reach out and ask, ask something of me and I'm going to certainly jump and do it. So we, uh, we got a great group of coaches here and great group of support staff. And uh, what's crazy for me is, is walking around this building and, and there's still folks that were here when I was here the first time, which is pretty cool. Coach, this one comes from Diablo fan account, and this one this one gets me fired up as a uh, former offensive line guy myself back in the day. Um, Coach Rudolph is a stud. I'm so excited that he is on this staff. Um, so he wants to know how excited should we be to have Coach Rudolph on staff and how is the offensive line room developing? I mean, there's a great history of Virginia Tech with offensive line back to Dwayne Brown. Wyatt Teller is one of the best guards in the league. Christian Derisaw. Um, so just talk to us a little bit about Coach Rudolph. Obviously, you know, in my time at Penn State, we competed against Joe three times uh, at Wisconsin. And uh, I was always that was the game. I was always just, you know, I lost sleep. Are we going to are they going to be able to run the ball, you know, all day long on us, which is what they want to do? You know, and um, they just their offensive lines. It wasn't just they were big and physical, which was important to me. The physical piece 
that has to be in place here in Blacksburg. But it was how well they played together. You could just tell the technique and the fundamentals were emphasized, were coached, that they had a great teacher. Their demeanor was awesome. Um, and then they found great ways to run the ball with multiple tight ends and different looks. And, and that's what I wanted for our offense. And so uh, when Joe and I kind of touched base, it's, it's, it's funny how things work out. You talk about wanting guys to want to be here. And uh, Joe and I didn't know each other real well, but we knew enough about each other that we were like-minded. And when he heard how I wanted to do this in Blacksburg and what I wanted this to look like, you know, the, the, the phone calls were made. So I'm so happy it worked out. He's the best offensive line coach in the country. I've seen just tremendous improvement already. And that's not a knock on any previous coach. I got a ton of respect for those guys. But, you know, I, I know what Joe Rudolph brings to the table each and every day. He's a family man. He's a teacher. He's no nonsense. He's tough. Uh, he's everything that I wanted at that, at that position. He was the number one guy on my list. And uh, I'm very thankful it worked out. So we'll, we'll jump into the, uh, the time machine here. Coach Jim Cavanaugh used to always tell funny recruiting stories at recruiting nights. Out of all the years in recruiting that you have under your belt, what is the oddest or funniest thing that you've had to do out on the trail? Well, I haven't spent the night at a recruit's house like Coach Harbaugh. <laughs> uh, we weren't going to do that. You know, probably, honestly, one of the most interesting stories is the recruitment of Micah Parsons, which I recruited him from ninth grade on. And uh, he wanted to he wanted to commit in 10th grade. We're like, Micah, you know, we knew this guy was going to be something, right? But we're like, you haven't been anywhere, man. Like, go see some places. Like, I mean – so he went that spring and he went to like Pitt and Michigan State and somewhere else and came back and says, Coach, I did what you said and I want to commit. So we, you know, he jumps in the boat. We get down the road and he's going into his senior year and he says, Coach, I, I think I want to take some visits. Like, Michael, we went through this, man. <laughs> I mean, that's why you went. I mean, we went. I said, if you're going to take some visits, you need to decommit. So we were in agreement. He decommitted. Coach Franklin, myself, Micah. He takes a trip to, I think, Nebraska, Ohio State, maybe one other, officially. And he keeps telling me we're in good shape. And then it comes out all over Twitter. He got a new puppy. He got a pit bull. And he named it Brutus, which is Ohio State's mascot. Of course, Coach Franklin's like down the hallway in my office. Like, what? I mean, I thought we were in good shape. His name was Dog Brutus. And I'm like, Michael, what's going on, man? I call him up. He's like, Coach, that's just a good dog's name. I just like that name. I'm like, don't you bullshit me, dude. Roll <laughs> you guys. You know, honestly, in the end, it's just like I want for Virginia Tech. Micah came to Penn State because he identified with us. Uh, more so than any other place. So, but uh, his whole recruitment was an interesting deal. I was waiting for you to say that a uh, coach was uh, pushing on getting a Nittany Lion or buying him some kind of uh, some kind of large exotic cat. To yeah. see <laughs> uh, glad you guys got that done. Well, let me tell you, he still has that dog, and its name is Brutus. <laughs> so his, his entire Penn State career, he had a dog named Brutus. That's classic. <laughs> 
Um, so the last one that I have is a little bit of a wordy one. Comes from my brother, Jackson Lee Mitchell, who's sitting on the couch, said, you got coach coming on tomorrow. I'm going to write you up a question. Um, here it is. He said, I played three years at the Naval Academy under coach Nia Matalolo and continued my senior season in, in a student coach role due to a back injury. I don't know what to tell you, coach, probably bad, bad back genes in the Mitchell family. Um, in those four years, I saw the investments that coach Nemot and his staff made in the players for life after football. Coach made it a point to educate us in the parallels between football and life as a future leader and father. He also imbued in every one of us a sense of responsibility, not only to our teammates, but also everyone around us. I understand that at a P5 school with the incredible demands for high performance on the field in the present are always at the forefront of you and your staff's mind. But as the leader of this football team, how are you preparing these young men for life after football? Thank you. He wrote a book. <laughs> did indeed. I had to take, I I had to take notes. Too. <laughs> uh, it's a great question um, because that's really what this is all about. It's about development and growth in all areas for these guys. You know, we want a football team that everybody's going to be proud of now and not just for wins on the field or the way they play. When, when people in this community run into our football players, I want them to be impressed. And not because they're big and strong. And I want them to be impressed because they're polite. They're humble. They're intelligent. They're respectful. Um, you know, that's, I believe the more maturity we put on that field, the better football team we have, the better chance we have to win football games. You know, and you do that. You know, I learned a long time ago from Bud Foster and Coach Beamer and, and how you treat people and, you know, with Bud especially in, in coaching mentality. We got to coach that part of it as much as we coach anything else. And what is that? That's selflessness. That's accountability, responsibility. It's work ethic. You know, it's sacrifice. It's all these things that are going to, you know, help these guys, allow these guys to be successful in life after football, whether it's as an employee, whether it's as an executive, whether it's as a husband, whether it's as a father. All those things that, that allowed me to become the head coach at Virginia Tech, and I've certainly never been perfect, but I do hold all these things in high regard. And I would hope that most people, when they talk about Brent pride, these things come to mind, accountability and selflessness and treating people right. And just um, it, it's, it's too important in the overall growth and development uh, as our for our staff, for our players. And uh, so we coach that as much as we coach anything else. Uh, that's that's good for us now. And it's good for these guys later in life. So that's a great question, and it's at the core of what we do. The relationships we, we have and that we develop with these, with these young men, that's, that's everything to us. If we don't have that, we don't have anything else. Coach Pry, uh, we're coming up at the bottom of the hour. I wanted to thank you for your time. This was fantastic. Um, we appreciate everything you're doing for the university. We're excited. Uh, for this upcoming season and excited to talk about it um, and looking forward to doing this again soon. So thank you so much and uh, best of luck this fall. I appreciate you guys, man. It was fun. It was good. I love talking Virginia Tech football. So um, some great questions and I look forward to a long standing relationship with the three of you. Oh, yes, yeah. sir. Best of luck. We'll see y'all right, uh, Boston, Boston College weekend. You got it.
Let's go, go Hokies. <laughs> go Hokies. to wander tripping in the sand we smoke out windows drink till we can't stand but i saw you dance like you want to in my head and all that she said is oh i know it's what you're thinking please don't go just let it sink and trash my friend's place wake up the next day Take a hit, it started